We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. Greetings, friends, and a big, warm, digital welcome to each of you to the Run ATL Podcast presented by Big Peach Running Company. I am your host, Mike Cosentino, alongside my Caymanian compadre, high-mileage-minded cohort, David Dolomite Martinez. We are so glad that you've joined us, and it is indeed time for us to get to work on making sure that you feel the same. D2. Welcome back and welcome home, my friend. Yeah, good to be back. Uh, so yeah, I had a little bit of a break. Yeah, well, you did. And I was thinking first, you know, for those who don't want to necessarily feel any worse about the possibility they frittered away their summer, they may want to pull their earbuds out for a few seconds because I am curious how your recent trip to Grand Cayman was. It was, it was, uh, I had a great trip, uh, did some scuba diving, um, and, uh, a lot of snorkeling, um, did awesome. some deep sea fishing and, uh, and you caught a big fish, caught, caught a, a blue marlin. So that was nice. I mean, it was, uh, two hours over two hours of, uh, struggling to bring that guy in. Oh uh, my. He, he put up a fight, but, uh, it was catch and release. So we did let him go. We took some pictures and, and then let him go. I saw the picture, and it did not look like you were off the banks of the Chattahoochee River. No, 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 no. Uh, but, I mean, it's beautiful there. The water is just really clear, and it's just beautiful. I mean, if you're not a diver, that's, you know, you can still snorkel and just see a, a great amount of, uh, you know, uh, you know, sea marine life, life and marine and life. Sure. And, and, and uh, yeah, I got to see a, you know, a sea turtle out in the in the ocean and uh, a glimpse of a nurse shark at one point. Awesome. And, um, but yeah, food was great. I experienced, I ate lionfish. Lionfish? I thought that was a poisonous. Well, yeah, it fish. is. Yeah, and I'll, I'm going to look more into it. But there, it was the last night we were, uh, you know, we then went to a restaurant, same place where we went uh, scuba diving. And that was that's their kind of specialty. That's what they're kind of known for. And we had it, and it was actually really good. I mean, it's fried, so it's, you know, but it tasted, uh, you know, uh, a, a little bit better, I'd say, than cod, but very similar. It's a, it's a flaky whitefish. And it was uh, very, very good. Right on. The adventurous spirit in the Caribbean, but certainly we're, we're glad you're back. And as you already know, we have such a special episode lined up for today. Here in Georgia, it is mid-July, and we are nearing the onset of another season of fast-paced, full-on, high-flying cross-country XC. So are you ready, D2? Are you ready for another cross-country season? Yes, well, and, and I am as well, and, and I guess it doesn't really matter if we're ready, right? So what we have to just acknowledge is that it's far more important for the student athletes and the parents and the coaches for them, for them to be ready for this season this fat, that fast approaches. And you know what? It's just, it's one of those things where we need some experts to kind of come in and help us determine how ready everyone is. And that's what we've done for our featured conversation. We have some no joke, legitimate, credible history can fully validate kind of experts. And, and, and more specifically, we have coach Rick Barb from Lakeside High School, Go Vikings, and coach Wesley Edian from Clarkston. The Angoras, their boys cross country team, the last three years have been Georgia state champions. Coach Barb, He's coached all Metro athletes. He's had teams that have claimed regional titles. He has been doing this for over two decades and is truly an inspiration, not just to his student athletes in that community, but to other coaches across 
the metropolitan Atlanta area. And then Coach Eddie, of course, needs no introduction with those state titles as of recent. And for those who do not know the Clarkston story, my goodness, you need to check it out. If you enjoyed McFarland, USA, heck, I'm from Indiana, and I would say this has Jimmy Chitwood from Hoosiers and Rudy from the University of Notre Dame beat when you think about the storyline that Clarkston High School has written. We'll put some of that in our show notes, but we have a couple of real experts that are gonna come on, gonna help all of our student athletes, help all of our parents of these cross country standouts, and then just help each and every single one of us to be better, to be better prepared for this upcoming season and to be just better people in our own training and in our own pursuit. So right after this break, we'll have our featured conversation with both of these terrific coaches. Do not go anywhere. We will be right back. You've got the right shoe for you, but maybe you're still getting blisters and your feet aren't too happy. The source of your discomfort may be the socks you're wearing. Cotton is rotten. You need socks made from synthetic materials that wick away the moisture that can lead to blisters. Big Peach Running Company carries a variety of styles and brands, including Features, Balega, Swiftwick, and Injinji. Every sock is buy three, get one free. Mix and match brands and styles? It doesn't matter. You'll save 25% when you pick up four pairs of socks. Keep your feet happy and stock up on socks at Big Peach Running Company. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast and our special cross-country edition. We said at the onset that we had a real treat for you with our featured conversation, and that is so true. And D2 and I now have with us Coach Rick Barb and Coach Wesley Etienne. Am I getting your last name you are right? On it. Am you I on, on it? it. Yes. So what is the origin of that particular name? Help me not just say it better, but know it a little bit better. <laughs> well, um, I'm, I'm Haitian-American. Okay, uh, yeah, excellent. Um, so um, French and Creole dialect um, from from my family. Um, say, I'm, probably the biggest jokes is when I was growing up, when I used to get in trouble, they called me on the PA system. Wesley Idiot, would you please come to the front office? Or Wesley Idiot, so here I am, all pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. I'd walk up to the front office, and I'm in trouble because I got in trouble. But I'm looking at him like, look, if you're going to call me over the PA, my name is Wesley Etienne. The way you phonetically pronounce it, think of three letters, A-T-N. Excellent. Okay, I well. People usually joke around and say, A-T-M, no money here. So it's A-T-N. <laughs> oh, there's some money. There's some money rightfully so. Coach Barb, any fun stories with your name or anything before we dive into the details? Anything you would tell us about being called to the office as a, uh, as a middle schooler? <laughs> well, it is funny because the way my name is spelled, I often have people pronounce it Barbie. So I tell my students that uh, my great-great-grandfather invented barbed wire. <laughs> and that's why we're so rich. And they'll, they'll pause for a second and think, oh, is that true? I said, no, I'm just making that up. Actually, my grandfather invented barbecue. That's why we're so rich. And they're still not quite sure how to take it. And I'll say, well, I, no, actually, my father invented the Barbie doll. And that's why I can afford to be a high school teacher and coach. <laughs> and I'll just leave it with that. and. That question mark over their oh, heads. Yeah. Is he messing with us? Or Again. Is that right, the truth? Right, right. Again. That's good. I like that. <laughs> you can <laughs> <them> all pass. 
Tricky Coach Barb, they call me. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that, that we said is even far more important than what great coaches both of you are, you are just great people. You're great examples for this community, certainly for your students and your student athletes. And I think that shows here. And these guys have a great sense of humor. They have just a great personality. I think that's going to come through in this conversation. But we do want to ask both of you guys, who we do believe are genuine experts, not just in the sport of cross country, but for, for those student athletes and really all of us in our training to get the most out of it. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions and, and coach Barb, I'm going to, I'm going to start with you. Okay. End of summer vacation coming very, very quickly. In fact, you're going to be in your first official practice in less than a couple of weeks. And as amazing as, as that might be to just hear, it doesn't make it any less true. So for those student athletes who are coming off of summer break, what is it that they should have been doing or maybe should, should still be thinking about coming into that first practice that is going to put them in the best position to really have a great season? Well, I think there's really two things. One, hopefully they, they've been running. I mean, okay. I think that yeah. that makes sense. That's right. definitely. That they've been focused on distance, uh, varying the pace, but really they're establishing a foundation that they're out there on a consistent basis putting in the miles. Well, I'm gonna pull a little bit out because I've been to your page and I've looked at your training program and, and I recognize we're talking about prep athletes who are in high school, but your total distance towards the end of the season is somewhere between 40 and 50 miles per week. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And I think you suggest not just six, but maybe a seven day a week commitment, even if your student athletes aren't running every single day. Well, when you're in training, you are always training. Uh -huh. I think that's, that's the other part that over the summer, hopefully, that they've been reinforcing or establishing the habits of an athlete. They're eating right, they're hydrating, they're doing strength beyond just the running. Mm -hmm. They're doing push-ups and mm -hmm. planks. They're getting their lean proteins, their complex carbohydrates, and, and hydrating, for sure. Here in Atlanta, that's probably number one. <laughs> number one. So Coach, Coach Etienne, you've got state champions coming back on the boys' side. You've got a team that, of course, is going to be watched very closely for both the boys and the girls. What is it that you're thinking about and that you believe your student athletes and all those aspiring athletes should have been doing this summer and should give them the confidence they are ready with this new season? Well, like, like Coach Bart says, um, you know, hopefully they've been running, number one. Um, I, and I know in our community it's a little bit hard just because of um, – our summer, when we ask them to go get up in the morning, six thirty, go run practice, or start doing some evening practices on their own voluntary practices, that um the biggest problem that we have with our kids is that um they're working with their family, mm -hmm. sure. they're trying to bring some income, which is understandable. So it's um it's a challenge for them to be able to balance that over the summer, even though they've got a lot of time. Yep. But work is work. <laughs> work sure. takes up a lot. So um, just to be able to get them to um on their own, you know, wake up. Get, get get together with a group of student athletes. Go ahead and do some running in the morning. Um, I just started telling them about two weeks ago. Coach Hester and I were saying that it's important that start feeling the heat. Start running in the evening. So when school starts, practice starts at three thirty. <laughs> I don't want the first day that you come out and you know. And it's no matter as much as you prepare them, they always ask me, Coach. So do we have practice the first day of school? Yes. Everybody else is in the nation yeah, practicing. That's exactly so right. you know, it's like, well, you know, we're trying. Hey, you're doing this extracurricular activity, and at the same time, you're a leader. 
Well, one of the things that you and I were talking about before D2 fired up the mic was just, you know, the ability for being a student athlete, probably well beyond cross country, to really impact time management. Oh, yeah. And I think that speaks very much to yeah. what you're saying in your student body mm-hmm. and perhaps to all those who would be listening and their parents, yeah. that time management and getting the most out of your schedule, really, really critical if you should feel as oh, yeah. ready as you want your student athletes to feel on day number one. Oh, yeah. Discipline. <laughs> and discipline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if... You can't have time management if you don't have discipline. Well, I think it's advice like that 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 makes what we heard in our last episode. In our last episode, we had the good fortune of talking to four-time Olympian. We think about the AJC Peachtree Road Race Mm -hmm. Masters winner this year. We think about someone who has run a 349 mile. And who comes to mind? Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Bernard Lagat. Of course. The and when we talked about his longevity, rightfully so, he talked about, and to Coach Barb's point, his nutrition and really complete care of his body. But when we asked him, what is the key? What has been that key for you to be able to perform at such a high level over such a long period of time? His answer, without hesitation, was, I trust my coach. And that was super cool to hear. But now having two world-class coaches like yourselves here. What do you believe it takes to have that type of collaborative relationship with your student athletes? What is it that you're doing or have done or need to do every single season to have other athletes feel the same way that Bernard Lagat does? Well, I I was fortunate in that uh, I came into a program that had already been well-established. Okay. Coach Eddie Roberts, member of the Atlanta Track Club Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. had coached at Lakeside for 30 years and kind of came to me one day and said he could foresee his retirement and encouraged me to come out. He knew I had a connection with the kids because I think as a coach, first and foremost, you're a teacher. Yes. So if you're successful in the classroom mm-hmm. with your students there, you can transfer that out onto the track or onto the cross-country trail. So really, I kind of just focused on maintaining what had already been established. Okay. And then over the past 15 years, I've added my own twist to things, and I've become more of a runner myself. I think you you really have to do that to understand what's happening. And there's lots of resources out there. Other coaches were always talking together, just came back from camp when there were 20 other coaches from all over the Southeast, Mm -hmm. and we'd spend the evenings as the campers were off doing their socializing and we talk about what we do and what works and what doesn't work. Well, one of the things that you just said that I think is so cool and and, and we said that those people who are not involved in cross country personally or maybe don't have a student or a child or a nephew involved in the sport right now that they'd still be able to get something from this particular episode. And when I hear what you said about Coach Roberts, you show very clearly the legacy not just that he left, but that you, both of oh. you, that all of us do. And as leaders, and even though we're in a different environment altogether, not knowing where we came from and who mm. set us up to be successful yes. or perhaps not, and the importance of ensuring that that will be the case yes. after we've moved on from a particular position yes. Yes. or a particular role yeah. is so important. So that's a great call out for all of us. So thank you, Coach. And I, I, I have to agree with Coach Barb about that. Um, just because I, I think when we were students at one point, we remember a specific teacher or a coach that invested in us mm-hmm. and they helped build us up. Mm-hmm. So I think as a coach off the rip, it's only fair that you return to <laughs> what was given to you and you bring it back to the community. So um, what people don't realize is that um, coaches are probably the best teachers in education. Yeah. In education, just because 
we're not only teaching in the classroom. Yep. We're teaching after school. We're teaching character. We're teaching all the way around. And people, you know, some people look at us as coaches as you know the dumb jocks, or whatever. We, you know, <laughs> I hate but, that stereotype. Oh, I, I hate it too. But you know what? I, I have to say, um, as a young Haitian American, that um, I like it just because it helps drive our athletes, and I use that to fuel our athletes. Like, look, you know, people don't think that you guys have any brains. So you know, like the the blessings that we have with um with cross country and track and field is that um our students are pretty smart. They are very smart, and most people don't realize that that our students are very smart. Um, you know, um, we have we 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 know each other's athletes, and um, and in in the state of Georgia, and when you go out of the state of Georgia, these athletes are majority of them. And I can say I'm I'm proud of it at Clarkson High School. Is um, we're getting more academic scholarships than athletic scholarships, and awesome. so when and I and I and I push the kids to do that. I was like, hey, the great thing about an academic scholarship is. If unfortunately you get hurt, they can't pull that scholarship away from you, or from that team. So um, you know that's that's very important. So just from the teacher standpoint of building that character, and at the same time, I believe that um, family. It's a family base. It's you you have to have that family. Um, it's crazy. That we, I say you have to have that family because we all we all have our own families, mm-hmm. and you know, as you try to manage what you have in your own house. And then you step out and you're trying to get these kids to buy into the program. They have to see that um, the love that you have for them and the investment, you know. And we tell them when they're jacking off, screwing off. It's like, look, I have so many other things I could be doing. Because <laughs> when I come home, my wife's got this honey do list. <laughs> then if I didn't do it, got I've got to hear it. <laughs> and then, so if you don't want to do this, let me know. I won't bother you. I'll move on. Well, I think it's it's really worth noting, and Dave and I and, and many people in our organization here all the time, I'd like to be a coach. Sometimes it's from an existing athlete who's still in college and maybe has some of best her, her or his best years as an athlete to come, but they're looking a little bit beyond their competitive opportunities and what is next. And they think, well, it's probably coaching. But to not know that coaching isn't just a period in the day, it's not just a season of your life, but it truly is an approach that is well beyond just working with one or two athletes, mm-hmm. even working one or two seasons per year, but seems to be woven into every part of who you guys are. Okay, that's a, that's a great call out. All right, we're gonna talk really, really quickly about something that is, is on your mind maybe too much now, and that is less than a month from right now, you'll be at your first meet. We're past the summer workouts, we're past the official practices, just getting the team ready. Now we're at the first meet. What is it? And Coach Eddie, and I'm going to start with you. What is it that you are going to tell, whether it's the boys who are coming off their third straight state championship, Georgia 5A, or someone who's on the team for the first time, that you tell them before that first meet that really sets the stage, not just for that meet, but maybe the entire season, maybe their entire career as a prep student athlete or beyond that? What do you tell that special young athlete. Um, I want to say that um, you know you want to tell them relax. Okay. <laughs> the crazy thing about that, any true athlete, nerves come with it, and you know so when I hear my athletes talking about they're nervous, I encourage. I'm like that's good. That means you're focused on what you want to do. But the biggest thing for me as a coach, what I I, I really want them to understand that this is going back to education. This is your pre slows. You know, whatever happens right here, just know we're able to build from this. 
So I, I just want you to go ahead and do your best. And whatever the outcome is, understand there's room for improvement. So it's this awesome blend. It sounds like relax, mm-hmm. take a deep breath, settle in, but also just cling to embrace, even enjoy or relish have fun. that nervousness yeah, yeah. and have fun. Yeah. Okay. Have fun and, sure. and so, so what do you say, whether it's on the bus on the way to that first meet or whether it's when they're just kind of standing around, maybe doing a little bit of stretching and thinking, but still able to listen. Well, it, this is a season long commitment. <laughs> yeah. So this is just the first race. So absolutely. I say have fun. Yeah. Okay. If, if you can't go out and have fun, in the environment of a cross-country meet with the tents and the flags and the music's playing oh, and the races going off, then this is not yeah. the sport for yeah. you. That's and great if you're thing. not having fun, you're not going to be willing to come out every afternoon in the 90-degree right. heat right. and put in those miles and do the hill workout. It has to start with having fun. And, and to know you're about to set a season PR. Most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. The first beat yes, yes, that yes, most definitely. Yeah, let's rock and roll, baby. You're, you're yes, going to win. Sure. You're yeah. going to be a winner yeah. for sure. You know, we talk about, in fact, in the promise that Big Peach Running Company has in every one of our stores, we talk about a fun environment. That's just one of the things that we have to deliver to our guests. But when you think about a cross-country meet, you're so right, Coach. How fun is that? Whether you're a coach or a student athlete, whether you're a parent or an administrator, whether you're an organizer, it's just fun, right? I mean, it's a festive environment. It is definitely fun. And I had not thought about that before. And you're right. If you can't have fun there, and I think about people who later today will be slogging their way Mm -hmm. through close to 100% humidity and over 90 degrees in rush hour and a code orange. Right. And they're still doing it. Yeah. Can't be nearly as much fun as what the cross country meet is. <laughs> right, 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 right. Definitely. Well, I, I think it's definitely it's so true about that. Like you said, having fun, and you you got to think about it is that um, as for the parents, the parents um they come out there and they have a great time watching them, and they get to see all types of athletes. Oh, so I, I, one of the things I would like to say to the parents is that hey, just remind them, this is your first race, and you can build on it. You know, because sometimes. Parents get a little bit <laughs> excited and they start pounding away. Calm down, parents. Let look. They're into this for the long haul. If you want them to be successful, be supportive and create that fun atmosphere for them. So let's let's go into that a little bit deeper. And I, I want to tease that out because as a cross country parent, but I was never on a cross country team. I've mentioned in the past I didn't come into my running, my enthusiasm and passion for it till I was into my twenties. So these good years, this fun that you just talked about, Coach, that exists at a cross country meet, I missed it all. But you already know, and just from what you just said, Coach Eddie, and the, the reality is, is there are others who are speaking into these kids before the first meet, oh, maybe yeah. before the first practice. And sometimes they're being fed information you would fully endorse. And, and other times then that becomes an impediment probably. That's exactly right yeah. to what you're trying to, to, to kind yeah. of set the stage to be able to say or do later. So for those of us who are parents, what is it that you would remind us or tell us if it's for the first time as we come into a new season, not just to perhaps make your jobs a little bit easier, but to make this a better experience for everyone, the student athletes and the parents themselves. I think rest, rest. rest. Um, one, the biggest thing is if, you, if, if you're an athlete, it doesn't matter what sport that you have, um, rest comes into, big, into a big part of um, your success. Just because um, late at night, unfortunately, such social media, <laughs> you know, um, they're not doing homework, now they're on their phone or they're playing games and it can go on into wee hours of the morning <laughs> not at night but um so I, I think as a parent it's important that you know let them know say try to have lights out 
at a certain time that you know they're able to receive seven to eight hours of good sleep. So, so, so when is, they pop up in the morning, that they're functional for class. And at the same time, when they get to practice, they're functional. Because if they start off in a bad day in the morning, that trickles all the way throughout the day. And when we get them, because if we haven't seen them during the hallway, it makes the coach's jobs a little bit. So that is so powerful. And the reason I'm, I'm putting my cap on as a parent right now, and that is I shouldn't try to speak into how much mileage or what pace or what they even should be thinking about on the bus to the first meet. But if I can help monitor what time they're getting to bed, you use social media as an example, but it's a great example. It's so easy for someone, any of us really, let alone these student athletes, to get on social media or get on their device and two and a half hours disappear in, in a blink. Blink. And now they're not well rested. Right. And I could have prevented that because I'm going to see them before lights out far more likely than yeah. you are. Yeah. Terrific. Awesome tactic. Tactic. Thank you. What would you say, Coach, to build on that? Well, just really to build on it, that this is a lifestyle. Mm. That this is not just two hours after school. Right. This is getting a good night's sleep. Amen. This is coming home to a refrigerator or a cupboard yes. that has the kind of food choices that right. are going to support it. Yeah that they're going to have to help monitor mm -hmm. schedules to know that they have to have time for their homework after training. And I think it, it really for parents, what I tell them, become a runner. Mm. Join this activity. Yeah. So that reinforces two things, not just for us as parents, but one word that you used earlier, and, and whether someone caught it or not, I'm not sure. This I'm going to tease out again. And you said discipline. Yeah. And when I think about you, Coach, and what you just said in terms of this is a lifestyle, it requires discipline to do that. One of the expressions that I know you use, chow like a champion. That's Absolutely. really cool. I like that. And really, that applies to all of us. Whether we're trying to lose a few LBs no. or be the best we can this season as a cross-country student-athlete, chow like a champion. And you said it, it ultimately depends on what's in the fridge. Yeah. So now here I am as a parent. Guess who's doing the shopping? Now, granted, I'm willing to admit that my wife goes to the grocery store far more often than I do, Good but job. she Good also job. goes 100% more than what either of my kids do. Right. So if they're going to chow like a champion, it starts with us as parents yes. and what's in that refrigerator. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You got awesome. You guys are terrific. That fuel All right, is so important. <laughs> that fuel is, is really, really important. All right, so now parents have a couple of things that they can do. They have roles that they can play. Yes. And they have a big part in what type of season his or her child may have, as well as what your respective programs are going to have. So now let's look a little bit beyond just, just this season. One of the things that I greatly admire about both of you, and you mentioned it already, Coach, where you said, we've got so many student athletes who have achieved an academic scholarship. Yeah. Maybe they also had an athletic scholarship, right. or certainly right. you have a program that have produced, both of you have programs that have yeah. produced athletic scholarships. Coach got him over there now. Yeah, <laughs> got him. See, you guys can rib each other and we can talk about, you know, who has what, who's done what, who's done what, perhaps better more recently or for a longer period of time. But what both of you guys do so well is prepare your students and your student athletes for what happens beyond the program and when you have them on your cross-country team. For those young runners and for all of us who are involved in the lives of those young runners and young athletes, maybe even beyond cross-country. What are just some things that 
discipline and making sure we have the right framework in the refrigerator for them to chow like a champion. What are some of the other things that you would say, this has just gotta be on the table. This is just something that has to be well known for someone who wants to run into their collegiate years or well past their time on your respective cross country team. And even more importantly than that, be just an all around great human being. I, I, I think citizen, you know, citizenship is very important. Um, you know, I, I always say this to my um, my student athletes, um, to teachers, coaches, whoever I'm talking to, is that um, our goal as coaches is to be able, um, not to be able to do this for today, mm-hmm. but we're talking about ten years down the road of when when they've got their own family. And you just mentioned you spent some time with some of your alumni. Yeah. How yeah. satisfying was that? Oh, I, I love it. I, I love it just because, I, and I told them, I call them. The elite, the elite, just because um, I think as teachers and as, as adults, when you have kids that surround you, you want to help them not make the same mistakes that you did. And Get you called to the principal's yeah. office. Yeah, darn it. With the name being mispronounced the whole <laughs> right, way right, as right. a middle schooler. Yeah. Okay. So you, you want to you make sure that they, um, they're more successful than you are. So, you know, that, that's just the way I, I look at it. And that's the way your parents looked at it. Your parents put you in the area so they can make sure that, hey, your life is going to be better than what it was for me. So you, you want that to be trickled down. So, you know, as I saw my athletes this, um, that this past weekend, um, you know, I've got them at UGA. I've got them at um, Savannah State. I've got them at Portland University, St. John's University, all over. And I tell them, like, look, when you guys get a chance to come back to the school, I don't care what it is, sign up to the front office and say, hey, I need to go see Coach Etienne. And they are the ambassadors that I, it doesn't matter what type of lesson plan I have that day. The Board of Ed may not like to hear this, but <laughs> they, they have to listen. It's so much easier for them to receive information from their own than us old farts. <laughs> you know, so I, I'll have my students come speak to them or just about life and why it's so important, whether you're a freshman or a junior. Because as your freshman year, it's basically your PR. You starting with a new GPA, yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Your freshman year is always going to be the easiest. Let's go ahead and maximize that, baby. Maximize. So as you move on, because each year it's going to get a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you've got a good foundation of your freshman year, your grades will help you out in the long run. Come your junior year, which is very important, SAT, ACT, you need to have these things that are in place so the colleges can look at you. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll never forget when I was a senior in high school in 95, um, I remember sitting in the the media center at Charlotte High and... um, I remember going over the announcements and they are saying all these kids that's already been accepted to <laughs> colleges already. I'm like, it's August. How in the world do they know? And, you know, and I have to say, you know, unfortunately with the African-American community is that um, we want our kids to go to college. But um, unfortunately, um, we don't understand the system of education of how to use it okay. to benefit you guys and everything. So, you know, it's for me, I have a chance to be able to say, hey, guys, if you do this early, it's going to pay off in the long run. So, you know, um, and I always say anything that comes easy is never worth keeping, you know, and when you work hard for it, it pays off in the long run. So your junior year, when you take an SAT, um, ACT test, the colleges, if they, they're only going to be interested in you, they're going to see how you perform. But the next thing they come and do is check your grades. If your grades aren't there, they're moving on to the next athlete. 
So next let's, student let's stay athlete, here for a say. second and, and just thinking scholastically. Obviously, you're making sure they get signed up for those tests. Mm -hmm. That way they have the scores. Correct. If they need to redo it or give yeah. themselves an opportunity to improve yeah. on it, they've now given themselves ample yeah. time to do yes. so. So stay out in front of it. Yeah. For those who do want to run and have that be part of their collegiate or perhaps military experience, what kind of times do you believe they should really be thinking about turning in, whether it's you know, as a sophomore or a junior? I know we're getting really tactical here, but there's, <laughs> these are things that parents and quite frankly, student athletes want to hear and, and know what the realistic possibilities are or what they need to go after and maybe rededicate themselves to. I want to say, I, I think there's the great thing about um, being in the United States is that there's so many colleges and universities out there. That's an important point. Yeah, there, there's no way why any kid in America should graduate out of high school and not go to a higher education or the military. Because whether, whatever, D1, D2, D3, whatever it is, um, I'm, you know, if, I think as long as you're running 17s for 5K, you're gonna find a home. If you wanna run it, you're so gonna let's just, gonna just repeat that, just so running 17s for the 5K, yeah, yeah. you're gonna find yeah. a home. I think that's an important consideration. Sub 18, period. You wanna yeah. run division one? Yeah, oh yeah. You're, you're running <laughs> sub 16, yeah. you're a state champion. Yeah. Uh, the the advantage disadvantage I think to running collegiately is with the internet every college uh, coach in America knows the times that you're yeah. running making it even that much harder so, exactly <laughs> exactly but the reality is that there are so many colleges I have a um, student athlete who graduated from Lakeside three years ago goes to Valdosta State mm -hmm. thought his running career had ended he had made top seven he, he ran varsity meets ran in the state meets yeah, yeah but found that a 1730 at Valdosta State was very competitive. Really? And there's not a lot of money for sure. track scholarships. No, yep. unfortunately. And, the, and they're gonna go to someone who is pre-Olympian yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. caliber. Mm -hmm. But if you can get into a school, if you can qualify academically, and with Coach ATN, that's exactly right. It starts with academics. Yeah. If you can get into the school, the coach would love to meet you. Oh yeah. If you're willing to put in the work, yep. because they're getting a free athlete. Yeah, so and, and that's the biggest thing, what you said right there. That's why, you know, as parents, some parents are so caught up in this athletic scholarship and everything. The easiest way, and, and you know, as a student myself when I was in high school, I can honestly say I was a 2.7 GPA during high school. But what I realized once I got to college and you're on your own, self-motivated. You know, I went, when it took me a while to get on the ball, but once I realized, like I was telling you about waking up 2 a.m. to do some schoolwork, yep. that was what works for me, it's self-motivation. I graduated 3.3 out of Florida State University. And that's funny. College is supposed to be, quote, quote, harder, but it's what you want. It's what you want. If you want it, you're going to put the work in for it. And that's true with the running. Yeah. To start practicing with the team. There's a pretty high attrition rate in college athletics, particularly in runners. Injuries are very common. And so someone who just is a walk-on, so to speak, a run-on, I yep. guess. There you go. Yeah, we're not walking. <laughs> well, find themselves working their way into the top two or three on the team. And then money might become available. Yeah. That you might really earn yes. your scholarship mm -hmm. by competing on the team for several years before you actually mm -hmm. start to contribute to the team's success. So yeah. there are lots of opportunities, yeah. but it all starts now, establishing yeah. the habits, mm. getting the numbers, and the numbers don't come 
without hard work every yeah. day. That nothing ever does. That dedication. <laughs> You're right. That's that's what helps out. the hard yeah. work. I mean, setting yeah. the patterns. And one of the things that I find interesting is how enthusiastic coaches in positions like what you are are when they find out that they have an athlete, whether they go to a Valdosta state and it's a 1730 that they walk into the program and then run into being a really, really appreciated athlete. It's like, how did the times come down another 15, 20, even 30 seconds in the first season? And it's just those patterns that were set. Yes. And now they've got some resources that they didn't have in high school. They've got some attention because the coaches don't also have the academic loads that they're mm-hmm. carrying and some of the other things that Good are expected. Yeah. And now it's like, wow, I, I'm sub 17. And I would have thought that was beyond me, but it's not what I've just done because I went off to, let's use Valdosta State. It could be any mm-hmm. university or college yeah. setting. It could be the military. Yeah. Yeah. But it's because the patterns were set when they were a freshman and a sophomore, yeah. and they've continued. Yeah, definitely. And whether you do it on a collegiate team, or you do it by competing in the Peachtree Road Race, or the Big Peach Sizzler on yeah. Labor Day, yeah. it, it's, that's, it's certainly the same habits yeah. and the same patterns. And I think the excitement of, of winning, and maybe, maybe for me, that's the way you become a lifetime runner is you redefine what winning is. It's not necessarily the first cross the line, but this was a PR. And I'm, I'm often telling myself, yeah. this is the best I've ever run yep. on a Saturday when it's 90 degrees yeah. on a hilly course so when I didn't feel like running. And I, I finished my run with my arms raised. Yeah, I'm a winner. It's, it's true. I mean, that's the great thing about running is that every day you have a chance to better yourself. You know, so it's definitely a plus. As long as you stay hydrated. Got to stay hydrated. I got one more question for you guys. I'm going to put you on the spot. We didn't talk about this ahead of time. I'm going to put you guys on the spot, right? So here's a comment I've made in the past, and I've never been able to validate it. I've always just intended it to be my opinion. So that way somebody can say he's wrong, and they're welcome to do so. (laughs) But in our experience, and admitting full bias, one of the things that has been so satisfying to me, and especially with getting to know not just the two of you as individuals, but your programs, the coaches who you work with, and the student athletes who have come and gone in your programs, is I've said the quality, the caliber of student, of young man or woman who's on a cross country team is mind blowing to me. It just, they're so respectful. They're so interested in how do we get better. They're so mindful of things like discipline discipline and setting patterns. Mm-hmm. Is that unique to cross country? Because you guys coach other sports. You guys are obviously in the school all year round. Is that unique to cross country? Am I giving cross country student athletes maybe a bigger amount of appreciation than what I should compared to other sports? Or is that accurate? And then secondly, and let's let's be honest, my exposure to Lakeside, my exposure to Clarkson is greater than it is to a vast majority of schools in the Atlanta area and certainly nationally. Mm-hmm. Are all programs just as well-managed, as well-behaved, as well-respected as yours? Or is that something that is also maybe not, I think not you, accurate? You would like to, to, uh, you'd like to be in that. But um, as for me, I, I've, I've coached football, um, um, cross-country track, um, basketball, soccer. I have to say, I think in order to get that atmosphere, I think it just goes to leadership. It, it Leadership, if if the leaders are saying, hey, this is what we do and you're holding them accountable, I, 
Yeah, the program's going to be like that. Um, Cross-country has it, without a doubt. Um, but at the same time, I've met some cross-country coaches. I was like, are you kidding me? Okay. So, like I said, I, I just think yeah. it's, it's the leadership. It doesn't matter what sport, it's leadership. You know, I, I'm, I'm a New York Giant fan, but you have to respect the way Mr. DQ over there, Dan Quinn, uh, he's doing with the, with, um, the Falcons. I mean, it kind of came in, giving them a leadership and, you know, a brotherhood, a family atmosphere is very important. It's true, you know. Okay. As, as, like I said, Tom Coughlin, you know, when he was the head of New York Giants, I remember one of these things that he said that um, coming from Jacksonville, he had to make that that change to the Big Apple, and it was a little bit rough for him to be the head coach. And he remembers that um, they were able to buy in a little bit more when he started to bring his family around. And so as the leader, when you're saying this is what needs to be done and you're laying down the law, I think it helps when – your student athletes see you as a human being and not coach. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're looking at you, you know. Um, that's why I always have my daughters around the teams and everything. So they can see me if I've just dug into them <laughs> for messing up and everything. And they'll see me where my daughters are punk me out in front of them and everything. Yeah. The softer side of me, uh, you know. So I, I think it's, it's a balance. If, if you're a leader, um, no hard-nosed leader ever gets success. I, I don't think so. You have to have an equal balance where they can understand that. So, I, I, like I said, it's the leadership. Leadership goes a long way. But I would, I certainly agree with that. There, mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. But it is the nature of the sport that I certainly have coached other sports as well. And what makes cross country unique is that most of your workouts, you tell them what you want to get done, and there they go. I wish I could run fast enough that I would next to them along yes. the way, but I'm yeah. in the back of the yeah. pack. Yeah. In other sports, as the coach, you're right there. You're always Great reminding place. them. You're, yes. you're in their ear all the time. But for the cross-country athlete, they have to somehow either, either hear your voice mentally out yeah. there or they're talking to yeah. themselves. And Self-love. they have to be willing to find that discipline and set those patterns yes. without somebody in their ear. And so many of the important things that they do. The nutrition, the hydration, strength, flexibility—they're doing at home. Yes, that you're you're not actually there, and yeah, so if they if they don't have that, then they're not going to do those things. No. They're going to show up to practice. You'll see it. You'll know that they haven't done it because they're not improving. They're not having fun. Our program will suffer. Yeah. So it, it, it's the same way as a teacher. You yes. have fifty <laughs> minutes. You're trying to cram as much information in your head in their heads as you can. But they really have to do the work outside. And so I think those two things go together. The young person who's a good student is going to make a good yes. cross-country athlete. Yeah, definitely. Because it takes that same sort of discipline, which seems mm-hmm. to be the word and that just, we're Just to on. add to that is we go running for practice. Other sports use it as their punishment. <laughs> a lot of t-shirts say that, but, yeah. but that's a true thing. Yeah, it's true. And we're doing something that for everybody else, that's that's the worst thing that could happen in their sport is to have to run. Yep. And we do that because we think it's out. fun. That's so so teachers that are listening to this, I know sometimes you might have been upset with one of our athletes and you're like, hey, they need to run some extra laps. Just so you know, Wesley Edson. We'll find another way to discipline them, but it's not going to be running because we want them to enjoy it. You know, the moment that you put running as a punishment, how do you expect an athlete to be successful in that? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's very important that we'll do our job to be able to make sure they uh, um, correct their mistakes and everything. But we're not going to use running as a punishment. We don't do that because we want them to have fun. 
And the, that's the what punishment will be, you're not going to run with us today. And they don't like that. That They exclude him that way. They don't like that at all. That and is they, so true. And yeah. definitely having a long talk with us, they don't like that either. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Wesley Etienne, Coach Rick Barb, thank you very much. You guys are such a gift, not just to your respective programs, but to everyone who's listened, and more importantly, to everyone who you come in contact with. I know that to be true. I've seen it up close and personal. Thank you for being here, but also thank you for what you're doing every single day as, to use the term that came up, disciplined leaders. We appreciate it. And we will be right back after this message on the Run ATL podcast and our special episode to get everybody ready for this season's cross country in the state of Georgia. Fall may seem like it's a couple months away, but training for fall races starts now. As your runs get longer, you'll need additional fuel to power through those long runs and get you across that finish line. Everyone has different needs and tastes, so we recommend that you experiment with different gels, bars, and hydration products to see what works best for you. Stock up and save. Buy 10 or more individual packages and save 10%. Buy a box and save 15%. Club and training groups can combine their discount for additional savings of up to 25% off. Don't be foolish. Come into Big Peach Running Company and stock up so you're long run ready. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. What a terrific conversation, D2. I will tell you that as we were talking to those coaches, I had never been on, as I fully admitted, while we were with them, a cross-country team or part of a cross-country season. I really wish that I had been after that conversation. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't run, uh, you know, in high school or, or college or anything like that. Much like you, I started, you know, later after college and mm-hmm. just kind of dabbled in it and kind of got in and out of it and really didn't probably get serious till my late 30s and, and 40s. Um, so, yeah, it's very cool to, uh, to talk to them. And I think, you know, some of the things they, they said that stood out to me it applies to even, you know, not just student athletes, but some of the things that they said that I think is important to, 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 to these, these kids and that applies to us as well, um, you know, as adults is, you know, Coach Barb said, have fun. And it's important to rest, and that's a lifestyle. That's something that I felt for a long time. You know that for me to continue in any type of activity, it has to be fun. As soon as it stops being fun, then I don't want to have anything to do with it. I'll quit. You know. So for me, running, I'm running because I enjoy it because it's fun. And as soon as it starts getting like it's work or I'm not having fun, then I'm going to find something else to do. So I think that's a great message to have to kids, but to adults as well, is to just have fun, make sure that you get plenty of rest so you avoid injuries and you recover so that it continues to be fun because it's not going to be fun if you're injured. And then it is a lifestyle. I mean, it's something that is, you know, as we talked about, it's discipline. It's just being consistent with it and you can enjoy it for many, many years. And the other thing that they said that I think is important, and I think you both you and I are fans of just, you know, podcasts to deal with leadership, but something they said, and I thought it was really important, and it's, uh, you know, and it's a quote that says, they don't know how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's something that was very clear. These guys care. They care. They care about their students uh, and their athletes, um, and it's beyond just performance. It's about teaching them life skills. It's teaching them character, things that they can take into the world after you know high school, into college, and into you know adulthood. And that I think is 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 a is a great 
uh, message, and I think it just shows why they're successful uh, and why they're turning out such great athletes. I, I would agree, and a special thank you to them and really to all of the coaches across the entire country, really, certainly in the metropolitan Atlanta area, who have done what they said, and that is become this character, this integrity-minded individual where what they apply during their cross-country practices, certainly at the meets, isn't just applied there. It's applied in the schools, in their classrooms, in fact, throughout their entire life, and everybody's able to observe it and model it and go on and be better for it. So thank you to all of the coaches who are out there and doing doing just that. So we've elected not to do a podcast payout in this particular episode. We're going to give you the details as to how that will not be the case for episode seven, but why we are not doing a podcast payout this time. We got a question in one of our stores. It links so perfectly with what we're talking about on this special edition cross-country episode of the Run ATL podcast. And that is, tell me about spikes. Do I need them? And for that cross-country athlete, in almost every instance, the answer is yes. Unless there is a course that has heavy, heavy concrete or some other paved surface, a cross-country spike is going to make sense. It's not going to be the primary training shoe. But the difference between a primary training shoe and a cross-country spike is just that. It's going to have pins that end up being screwed into right before the meet a plate that's at the bottom of the shoe that's part of the outsole. It does enhance the traction. It is a much lighter weight package. It's intended to fit much more tightly, both in terms of how it contours the fit and may also really run a bit shorter than what we normally recommend a traditional training shoe. You're not going to want to only have a cross-country spike. You're still going to want that training shoe for a vast, vast majority of your miles, but having a track spike, I'm sorry, a cross-country spike in your bag and on the bus on the way to the meet is something that will ultimately help your times as you go throughout the season. We carry at Big Peach Running Company, as you know, D2, spikes from Nike and Saucony and Adidas and New Balance. We've got a great lineup, I would say, that we have as good a selection as perhaps anywhere in the Southeast. And all of the student athletes get 10% off their purchases, whether it's on their spikes, on their training shoes. Parents, I know oftentimes you're the ones who are footing the bill for that equipment. Just mention the school that your son or daughter is part of and will peel 10% off of your purchase. But that was a, a question that came from the stores and I just felt like we needed to address that, Dave. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the important thing, you know, is not, you know, what the brand, it's once again, it always comes down to fit. Everyone's foot shape is different. So we have to make sure that the spike is going to fit the foot, you know, properly. And that's what's going to help, uh, you know, provide that traction. And uh, so don't be concerned, you know, by brand or what, you know, what someone else is wearing. It's what is going to work on, you know, your, your kid's feet. And, and for those who heard us talk about the fact that there is a spike that goes into a plate, know that every pair that we sell comes with a spike wrench. So you'll be able to take those pins out after the meet, put them back in. For those of you who are a little likely to misplace one or two, or maybe an entire set through the season, we do also have replacement spikes. It's always nice to have some of those in your bag. So you're indeed meet ready. But next next episode, which will be episode seven, D2 Lucky 7, we're bringing the podcast payout back. For those of you who want to win because you have a question that all of us can learn and benefit from, you're going to want to send that question to podcast at 
BigPeachRunningCo.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at BigPeachRunningCo.com. Your question could be on anything. We want it to be something where, yes, you'll learn something. We might as well, and all of our listeners will too. We appreciate you so much for doing that. We're going to make it worth your while. It's still run ATL season where we have new short sleeve colors that are going to take us through the rest of the summer. We're going to let you pick your color and tell us your size, and then we'll send you one of these very cool and absolutely iconic tees for free as a small token of our appreciation for you being part of the podcast payout. D2, again, welcome home. We're glad you're back. That's going to do it for us on this episode of the Run ATL Podcast. Once again, thank you so very much for being part of the fun. We'll be back in two weeks. We know you will join us, and we thank you for doing so. So long.